Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing With Fishes podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Marty. How's it going? And we both grow aquaponically. Um, we both grow cannabis aquaponically. We've been doing it, both been doing it for quite a while now. Um, and we have a lot to share with you guys. So, Marty, why don't you tell us how your last week has been? Uh, well, my last week has been on vacation. So that's... Uh... That's been nice. I'm actually down in uh, Southern California right now. Um, and so uh, my brother is taking care of my system at home, but um, luckily there's not really too much to do. <laughs> Pretty much just feed the fish and make sure the drains are running. A um, couple more things because we, uh, uh, we have some clones running in the aquaponic system right now for you guys following around on YouTube. You know, So um, we had our first, uh, I think, four of them um, sprout roots. In the last couple of days while I've been gone, so that's that's been very exciting. And then uh, he takes a couple pictures for me every few days so that I can keep posting updates and stuff like that. And uh, everything seems to be going pretty good there, and uh, having a good time down here. So all that's been good. How's uh you get dug out from all your snow over there? <laughs> yeah. So in the last week, uh, we had yesterday we had quite a blizzard. We were supposed to get six and three to six inches, and we ended up getting a, about two feet of snow here in a full blown blizzard. So maybe getting my passport, my visas all straightened out to get down to Jamaica next on uh, Sunday a little bit uh, much trickier than it was supposed to be this week, but it all got sorted out today. So it took till the end of the week, but we got everything done <laughs> on time. So, but yeah, on, uh, I'll be having dinner in Jamaica on Sunday night, so that'll be great. And um, I've just been um, getting everything ready to... Um, to be easier to maintain for uh, my girlfriend and a friend of mine or um, my uh, roommate are going to take care of my plants while I'm gone. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really nice. And uh, I gave them a the camera so they can take pictures and hopefully they'll have some updates too. And I'll be able to post those even though I won't be able to see them. But yeah, we'll, uh, starting next week, we'll, uh, I'll be in Jamaica for, for all the future episodes, <laughs> for at least the next three months until basically July. Yeah. Um, How long is your flight down there? So I have a three-hour flight to Dallas and a four-hour flight to Jamaica, so it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not bad. No, not at all. It's like two good books, you know. <laughs> right, right. Sounds good. What do you got going on in the growing right now? You're, um, I was watching your videos. You've got some of them. You're probably getting ready to start flowering, right? Yeah, so I have a whole set of, actually, today I'm going to do a grow room update. I've been meaning to do that. I've just been scrambling, trying to get everything ready for leaving. Originally, it was going to be for a week, then it turned into a month, and then now it's three months. It went from one farm to three farms in a month um, because everything's kind of working out as well as it could work out at the moment down there, so I can't complain. <laughs> um, so it just means that I need to be ready to not be in the U.S. for significantly longer than I originally thought. So that requires like dropping my cat off at a friend's house and paying rent for three months and just taking care of a bunch of stuff. And, right. And all that Sounds stuff. exciting though, man. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, so down in the grow right now I have um, just my normal, regular production plants. I'm, I run about two per strain. Um, I have a uh, 24 plant count. Or not 24, um, 48. 
uh, plant count. Um, my roommate has a 24 plant count. I have a 48. And um, uh, just renewed mine actually uh, three days ago. <laughs> and um, actually, I have celiac disease. And uh, I twisted my sacrum inside my um, uh, pelvis last year. Uh, and I slipped and fell, and my back is still not right from that. But thankfully, I can walk. I couldn't walk for two months. So, you know, I'm just super grateful that I'm at the spot I'm at. But um, so I have a couple of different strains. I have two others that I'm just going to try out one cut of for now and see how they do. And I've just been whacking them back and juicing them, the mothers, <laughs> um, which is really nice if you guys don't know about juicing. Juicing is a great way to get some extra CBDs and extra, you know, cannabinoids into your system. Um, CBD is produced primarily in veg state or heavily in veg state so you can still get a lot of medical benefit from just you know throwing it in your regular smoothies. Um, so I have a couple of those. I'm gonna ch end up chucking probably two or three of those because in the some strains end up a little lankier in the aquaponics. Some of them just stayed perfectly normal. Um, my bubble gum is just getting really lanky and I don't know if I'm going to keep it much longer. Probably just going to flower out that mother. Um, but the uh, exciting one is I actually have um, a couple of different crosses of Woo5 and ACDC. Um, and I'm trying to work on like a really, really, really heavy strain of uh, CBD and THC. And it's like a little program I've been working on for about two years. Um, and I have two decent strains. I have one mother down there that's just phenomenal. She's a seedling and she's about a month old. She's about this tall, about that tall, and just super tabled out. I mean, just flat, perfect for indoor growing, and it's a super heavy deep CBD strain. So I'm going to flower out one of the clones, send out the uh, send out the bud, see what it comes back as, and, and hopefully we have something good because the structure on that plant is just amazing. And if that ends up, it, all of the plants that went into it were really tested out really well, so I'm hoping... You know, but you never know. That's part of the phenome hunt. But I have four of those um, that I cracked, and I'm going to keep one or two um, as my CBD production strings. And then I'm going to end up giving those to my girlfriend um, who has a son who needs them. And she uh, works up at a co-op, and, you know, she's working on a bunch of stuff on her own. The other cool thing is um, she's been working on a, uh, um, a method of, uh, increasing production of a particular cannabinoid that I won't mention yet um, <laughs> without her permission. Um, but uh, she's she's really gotten on to something about the, with a particular cannabinoid. And um, part of the process is, uh, involves plants, and all of the plants were um, in aquaponics. Um, so it's, that'll be really exciting. Um, we're just waiting. We actually just applied yesterday for an official R&D license to get the 36 plant R&D uh, license um, through Colorado. Um, and we're, uh, I, have, I just got the email yesterday from the girl up at CU that's involved with the genetics program to help. Um, she's also going to, we're going to be in touch with her about all this. So um, that's something else that we're kind of working on that I can't talk much more about other than that. Um, but that'll be exciting to, to see the results of um, all. Well, that kind of ties in a little bit with you know some of the recent uh, changes that have come in um, with the CBD on the federal level. I don't know if you saw the FDA coming out with their their ruling that uh, essentially all CBD oils are and extracts are now you know basically 
I don't remember what classification it is, but basically illegal on the federal level, even without THC now, whereas before there was, you know, at least a gray area that a lot of people were fitting into. And so now because the FDA is testing CBD, it is being classified as illegal again because you can't sell anything that's currently being tested and not FDA approved. So yeah. any thoughts on that? Other than it sucks. Um, I mean, I get that they're whole, doing the whole trying to prevent people from selling snake oil because the U.S. has a long history of doing all that. But at the same time, it's like, this isn't up for debate anymore. Like, there's so many YouTube videos of people being, like, instantly stopping their seizures. People that have, you know, have parent, te parent testimonials of how much it's helped autistic children. Uh, you know, all, all different kinds of stuff, not just cancer and not just seizures. Um, there's a really, really, really good documented case of a woman who has a son who uh, was um, very self-destructive. He hit himself a lot. and. and mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, slap himself, and he takes cannabis oil. The kid's like in uh, he's he's in school now, and he was basically like inaudible, but he he can talk, he can have sentences, he can learn. He's taught communicating with his parents. Can you imagine not being able to communicate with your child, and then suddenly being able to communicate with them? That's the best gift you could give someone in the world. You know what right. I mean? And then being like, put in jail for treating it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Like. That's just insane. Right. And um and I think even more like obviously the YouTube videos and stuff are great where you can see it happen, but you know, obviously they you can have ridiculous people out there that'll be like, Oh, well they could just fake it and then stop and you know, who knows what they're really taking and could still be snake oil. So obviously you have those people. I'm I'm not one of them, obviously. I, I believe in it. And um but on top of that you have a number of people that um that really would be dead if it wasn't oh, yeah, for sure. right. Like you have people that are walking around talking perfectly healthy. That uh, Western medicine said you have you know months to live. There's nothing we can do for you. Chemo didn't work. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> so I think beyond that, I mean, there is no more like hard proof that you know than talking to somebody that should be dead who is still alive because of what sure. they took. Like ultimately, to me, like what more what what more question can you have at that point? And there's a number of people that have medical records that say, you know, you should yeah. die. And then they go back in for their next checkup and, oh, yeah. this is a little bit better. We don't know what's going on. You know, there's even doctor's notes that, like, with question marks on them, you know, sure. like, what is happening here? So, you know, I definitely think that uh, um, while there is an over overwhelming amount of uh, stuff on YouTube that you can go look at, if you don't believe that, go look at the medical records of the people that should be dead that are still alive. For all you conspiracy theorists out there, um, go check on that because you can't really argue with that stuff. Those people would be dead without it. They took it, and now they're better. So there's uh, there's plenty of examples of those too. Yeah, I have a friend up in Fort Collins who has um, a cancer that's like slowly spreading through her body, and she was told she was, six years ago that she had two years to live, and she's been taking cannabis oil every day, and that was six years ago. <laughs> right. So you, you tell me, you know, even, even if it's not going to complete and it doesn't completely cure everyone, you know, and it, it, but it'll, even if it gives you a few more years, that's a few more years she has with her kids, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, every, you know, that's all you could ask for, you know, in that kind of situation. 
And that's well, why and the quality of life is going to be way better too. Yeah. You know, she's going to be able to eat. She's not going to be throwing up all the time. The chemotherapy is going won't be killing her. You know, quality of life and extending your life. I mean, that just seems like a much better option than what um, you know a lot of chemotherapy offers. Yeah, for sure. My dad, um, my father was helped a lot by the straight um, uh, CBD oil as well. That worked uh, really well for him. We were, we were able to get some of the really early, uh, you know, across the state stuff. So that was really awesome. So, yeah. uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no. Just, um, was going to say we, I was really excited. I met it. You were, uh, we were talking about seeds and cloning earlier. Um, I uh, managed to get a, a male of one of those uh, heavy CBD strains that we flowered it out um, about a week ago. And I have a bunch of pollen from that strain sitting in my freezer, which is really nice. So nice. once we have a really nice female, we can, you know, try again if there's an issue. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's always good to have some really good CBD pollen around. It's hard to come by, for sure. Yeah, I had, I had a couple of uh, lamb's breath <clears throat> seeds that I popped, and both of them turned out to be male, but I just transplanted them to some soil pots and moved them outside since nobody's flowering this time of year. <clears throat> and uh, um, so I threw them outside, and I'm going to collect some pollen off of those and probably start just a couple little fun breeding experiments. So. So that'd be cool. And then I have probably like a dozen train wreck clones and maybe like, I don't know, 10 or so Shishkaberry clones. And I saw that uh, Jack Herrer monster clone that I took from um, in flowering late in the outdoor last year that I've been, it's just been going nuts. I mean, it's, I'll, I'll post some pictures of it um, when I get back, but uh, it's really cool to watch that process of them re-vegging and just um, when you get it just right um, they just explode in that second stage and it's got branches everywhere so we call it Frank and Hare. it's pretty cool yeah down in Colorado I've heard of it called monster cropping yeah monster cropping monster clones re-veg clones however whatever your term is I suppose it all means the same thing basically it was a clone taken uh, in about probably about three weeks in the flower um, and uh, and then re-veg, put back into a 24-hour light cycle and uh, it goes back into a veg stage and when it does that, it just starts shooting branches out of any bud node <laughs> that was there basically. So um, you actually have to trim some of the branches off or it will just kind of outgrow itself and get all mangled and tangled and so um, and when you when you get it just right, so when you you know about that somewhere in that two to three week range um, of flower, and you hit that timing just right, when it reveg, it just really takes off. So, like I said, I'll take some pictures of it. But you know, on a plant that's only maybe like I don't know this tall, it's probably got like I don't even know how many branches. Like, and I've already I've already cut some off of it, so it's a uh, it's pretty cool to watch that. It was, it's fun to do. I've done it with the Platinum Delight and a few other ones, like my, uh, the two Platinum Delight outdoors from last year. Those were both monster clones that I had taken from the previous indoor grow. 
and uh, ran those outside. So that was pretty fun. So what would happen if you took a clone from that clone that's monster cropping hormonally and then tried to make that like a new mother? Is that plant just going to be completely messed up or how, do, how would that work? Because I've never tried that. That's what I'm doing right now. The, the Jack Hare clone that I have was monster cropped and I'm essentially growing it out like a mother plant and taking clones off of it. So right before I left, I took the first maybe like three or four cuts off of it. Um, so they're not rooted yet. I don't really know what's going to happen with them, but that's kind of the idea is that um, I'm going to try and mom that out and see what happens. See if it fades or if it stays that way. Yeah. Um, or even just what happens when it goes back into flower, you know, just what, uh, you know, cause I, I would imagine that the plant is originally going to, or is going to eventually shift back out of that stage and go into a normal vegging stage. So like my, my platinum delights last year outdoor, they started out doing in that sort of re-vegging stage. And then they hit, you know, once they hit the regular veg stage, they just kind of grow out like normal, the, the original bushing aspect of it um, kind of fades out. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but if I keep taking cuts off of it and keep it relatively small, I wonder how long, you know, how long is that window that I can take cuts and at least, you know, have some benefit. Get a little boost out of it, you know, just a little, even if it's a little better than normal. And I just like experimenting more than anything. So, yeah. Uh, you had a, you had a question about cloning. Do you want to talk more about that? Um, that was, uh, <clears throat> um, basically I had a question from somebody, uh, on one of my posts about whether or not you can clone in aquaponics. And, um, I, I do, um, if you check out the video, um, I think it's called the clone cave. It's on this, this, uh, um, this grow, this indoor grow, I think it's labeled 3.0 playlist or something like that. And, uh, anyway, if you check out the clone cave on there, you'll see that basically my drain out of the beds runs through a long sort of NFT, um, setup. And, uh, so that drain just, you know, raises up and down. Um, whenever the siphon's on or off, so um, <laughs> and then it drains back into the fish tank, and then I have just little three-inch net pots in in the top of that PVC, uh, and I just cut them and stick them in there, make sure the bottoms hit the water, and that's that's all I do. Um, so and that's AP water. What's that? It's AP water you're using. Yep, <laughs> AP water, and um, I do notice that. Uh, um, sometimes at first I get some yellowing um, on the leaves and then I just wait it out in the plant that seems to do fine. Um, but uh, I do make sure that I get, you know, normal cloning stuff. I get a nice good 45 cut on the stem when I cut it and all that kind of stuff. But I don't dip it in anything. I don't, you know, I don't change anything. I just make sure that the stem gets down into the water, <clears throat> down through the net pot and has a little bit of media there. And it, it probably does take longer, you know, probably takes more like two weeks or so to get them to root. I'll have to check and see when I uploaded the first video of that, when I cut those first set of clones and get a better idea of how long it took. But probably takes closer, in my experience, takes closer to about two weeks for them to root as opposed to, you know, you can, you know with a cloning solution, you can probably in, you know, seven days or so start seeing, seeing your first root. So it takes a little longer, but it doesn't cost you anything and uh, you don't have to add any newts or mix anything or have anything on hand. And so usually when I go through and start cleaning out 
um, like the underneath parts of plants, stuff that I normally throw away. I just cut them for clones and stick them in there. And uh, or if I taught plants, those are a lot of times the clones that I end up keeping around um, when I when I first taught plants. So <clears throat> that was uh, that was just one of the questions that I had on one of my posts, and so I wanted to talk about it today. I don't know. Do you you clone with aquaponic water? I don't. Um, I've I've actually when I worked back at the aquaponics source, I've done a ton of peppers, tomatoes, and other stuff where we just stuck them underneath the where the water flows into the bed. So mm -hmm. it's getting a little more water than it normally would, just so they don't get any embolism in them. And mm -hmm. they, you know, I would say the majority of the time they would they would do that, especially whenever I had to prune back any of the little dwarf fruit trees and stuff. That seemed to do really well. Um, but um, I've tried it a couple of times with cannabis, and kind of I feel like I've I've lost a few more than when I've done um, cloning with clean water and putting them in either. You know, rapid rooters or a little bit of soil or a little bit of um, a rock wool or whatever you're you know any of the generic jiffy pots or whatever you know mm -hmm. um, um, but uh, I actually have some I'm testing right now I have a couple in rock wool a couple in um, jiffy pots and a couple in um, um, this, the rapid rooters and we're gonna see which one uh, roots quicker um, I was hoping to do a whole video thing on that but with me leaving on shorter notice than intended, I don't know if I'll have time to finish it, but I'm going to try and take as much as I can, or if not, maybe I'll bring a few cubes with me, and I'll just try to restart the whole thing down there. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, you might want to, you know, I don't know, you know, what kind of access you're going to have to plants down there, too. I think that's one of the things that, um, that people that haven't done larger grows before don't really realize what it's like to try and get, you know, 500 plants together, you know, like, just the sheer number of that, <clears throat> you know, taking care of them, finding them, you know, a lot of people get there, you know, like here you get four plants for recreational or six plants for medical. And so, <clears throat> and you, you can do both, at least currently you can have a medical and for each street address you can have, uh, you can have your four recreational. So, but that's maximum 10 plants. And so, you know, obviously you can hit up your buddy for some clones or you can pop some seeds or you can, you know, all these different things. But um, when you need that number of plants, it can, you know, you pretty much kind of need your own sort of uh, situation set up for either sprouting seeds or for um, for doing that. So um, yeah, that's something we actually have at one of the farms that we're working at down there. We have a, a warehouse and we're just going to set that up and it's going to be the one indoor grow that we have and it's going to be just mothers and just young clones and then once they're big enough but then this way i don't have to see i have to seed for males which saves me a ton of labor time in the field out in the sun which sucks and it sucks mm -hmm. for anybody else that i have to work with and two i can get genetic stability and i can do a real good consistency on my potency you know what i mean like all my stuff's going to be much closer to a monocrop since you can't cannabis hasn't been stabilized down to the point of like corn or you know onions or soybeans or whatever where you can get a thousand of a, a variety and all of it's going to be the same you know the phenomes are still all over the place with cannabis and no one except for maybe someone that's behind closed door pharmaceutical stuff has those genetics down to where they're completely stable and 10 seeds are going to crack and look basically the same you know they it, it just they don't have it down yet because it hasn't been an agricultural product 
in the way that we have treated other agricultural products. It'll get there, but that may or not be a good thing either. You know what I mean? You know, right. you will see, you know, super heavy production like CBG, CBN, THCV, and some of these other like more important individual cannabinoids or even some of the terpenes, you know, you're going to see them developing like super strains with some of these stuff um, in the future. Um, but, uh, but for now, you know, they're still not there. So, you know, we'll be able to, to keep our really good genetics. And then the other nice thing is, is that, you know, if there's a hurricane or something else comes through the island, um, I don't lose everything. I can kind of make, make that place Fort Knox. And at least even if everything else gets destroyed, I can come in, I can, you know, just maul the crap out of my mother's and we can get going in a couple of weeks again. You know what I mean? Right. Now, what are your daylight hours there? That's going to be different than what you're growing here, too. Like, for outdoor, that's going to be... Yeah, here, so it's about um, 11 and three quarters to 13 and a half hours, I think it is. Right. Um, so it's not like, a plan to even get into veg outside <clears throat> there, from what I understand, right? Well, so they'll, they'll grow up to about waist high most of the time. And then they'll flower. You know, they're not flowering instantly. They'll they'll vet. That that's really close to where the plant evolved originally, anyway. So mm -hmm. the plant will veg for a week or two, and then it starts to flower. But you know, it makes it about waist high or shoulder high. You know, it's not right. too often you see any that are about that high, except for some of the sativas. But you can if you plant now. So if you plant in like February or March. Um, They'll, because the summer is coming into the longer part when it goes into the 13, it'll keep them in that veg state a little longer. Um, and then when they flip, you harvest a little bit later. Right. Or like you're, you're doing, you're going to be able to veg plants inside and get them taller before you put them outside. Well, we're not going to do a whole lot of vegging. The, the main point is, is that we can get production consistency. You know, we don't necessarily, I don't really need to veg. I can, we don't really have a plant count as far as I'm aware in any of my paperwork. So we can just cut and cut and cut and cut and cut and, you know, plant out whatever the crop field is that we need to, or, you know, whatever we need to fill out is not really a big deal. Right. So you'll start out doing a pheno hunt, right? You'll pop yeah. a bunch of seeds for those people who don't know what a pheno is. You know, every seed has a slightly different genetic variation. Right. So when you pop different seeds, you look for the ones that have the best traits that do the best. And so, um, you know, like in big research places like Amsterdam and in the UK and stuff like that, they have huge. I mean, they just they sprout hundreds of seeds and only keep like five. <laughs> so that's definitely, uh, you know, something that. Uh, I think that it is important for a lot of people under, that have questions about whether or not they want to do seeds versus um, if they want to um, get clones. So clones, <clears throat> you pretty much know what you're going to get. You don't have to worry about um, mixing plants at all. It's a lot easier for beginners. <clears throat> Must be Steve's phone. So um, clones are a lot easier for beginners. You know what you're going to get. You don't have to worry about getting males. Um, flower room. Um, 
Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, it's all right. I think somebody's calling you. So I was just talking about how, you know, the differences between seed and clone. How seeds, you <clears throat> don't necessarily know what you're going to get, going to have to sex your plants. Clones sometimes can be a little easier for beginners. So looks like you got some there. So this is a pheno hunt. So this, uh, this seedling came out variegated, which is not going to be very successful long term. But really cool looking. <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty, but it's not going to last long. This is a really, really nice, bushy, heavy CBD strain. This is like what you want. This is a really, really good one for just, you know, a, a month old seedling. It's not too bad. Um, and then this one over here, you know, this guy is uh, not what you want. So that's why you do a pheno hunt. Now this one, this other one will keep. This one we're just gonna keep around. It's gonna end up dying in the next month, it looks like. So we'll just keep it around long enough for it to look cool, but. Some, uh, some variegated plants you can get to flower, and um, I've seen some really cool variegated buds. Oh, yeah, especially if you have really high-powered lights on them, the buds turn just bright white. They almost don't even look like bud anymore. It's yeah. like a, some other drug or something. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool looking. So while, um, <clears throat> so while you don't really know what you're going to get with seeds, that's kind of a nice thing. Like you can see sometimes you get um, – different growth patterns that are nice. You get more vigorous growth out of seeds pretty much overall. Um, you get a more uh, uh, symmetrical plant, I guess, in the way that it, it grows as opposed to a clone of a branch doesn't grow as symmetrical. Yeah. But the uh, that's the one nice thing about blowing from clones is that, you know, you get all the different consistencies um, you know, you don't have any anywhere near as much variation unless you heat stress them, really starve them of water, um, you know, give them too much wind, or you know, some other stress factor. Right. And so, basically, what you're you're going for down there is going to be essentially both. You're going to do a pheno hunt for the phenos that you want, and then clone that pheno as a, to be able to have your stability and know what you're going to get so you don't end up with males in the field or have to yeah. check any of that stuff plus here in colorado now they as of this year it's legal you can send out there's a couple of different places in the state where you can send out your bud and an example of this is why that's great now to get testing for 40 bucks you can get your bud tested and get your full can well not full but you can get a decent cannabinoid profile off of it and I could, when I'm doing a phenome hunt, I could just send out my first clone that I cut off of it that I flower out. You know, I'll test, I'll smoke a little bit of it, but then I'll send it out. And then if it sucks, I'll just trash it. You know, I'll just juice it and then the heck with it. You know, and I'll, or I'll feed it to the back to the tilapia. They love the leaves. <laughs> mm, nice. okay. um, my plecos really like them too. So I've, I've actually been stocking up on a few more plecos because they seem to mull through them and my phosphates seem to boost a little bit more. So, right. So that's been really fun to do. <laughs> but um, so yeah, that's the one nice thing about being in a legal state or in Colorado. I could just drive down, drop my stuff off at this testing place, and you know, a couple of days later they call me and tell me how nice or bad it is, and then I know whether or not to chuck it, and then I'll keep that around for my production strain, which is really nice. You know, if you're if you're in a legal, a non-legal state, or in a, even in a medical state, you know, definitely look at Colorado's laws in regarding that and 
and see about using it as, as um, or modifying it and introducing it to your own legislature to try and get this stuff pushed. You know, if we're going to have stuff production, you know, on, on the mass scale, we need to have these testing facilities in place because we need to know what the, you know, quality of the product, first of all. But second of all, we also need to make sure that all these dudes are also getting pesticide testing so that we know that we're getting healthy medicine. And that's, that's become a problem more, more often. And Colorado and Oregon have really taken the, taking the helm on trying to put it, bringing the reins and making sure that nobody's smoking anything that's going to give them cancer on their plants. That's not, you know, pesticides and all kinds of other crap um, that, that should be bad. Um, you know, you do need to use pest control methods at times, but they're, they both Colorado and Oregon now have approved lists. And if it's not on that list and they find it, they're pulling your product and they'll shut down. A, they'll pull your dispensary license. They can make your life hell. So, right. Actually, in Oregon here, you have to have um, basically you display your product with the test most of the time. Like pretty much all the dispensaries have just taken to um, putting the test right there with it so that you can look it over before you purchase it. That's pretty, pretty standard. Some of them have like a little book on the counter where you can kind of flip through them or whatever. But everything that's on the shelf, they have to have the results for the, the actual consumer to be able to look at themselves, too. So that's kind of a neat thing for I don't know if that's required or that's just what everybody started doing because um, yeah, so every dispensary has. In Colorado, it's required for recreational. And I, I don't think it's yet required. Well, I'll tell you, let me look at stuff I just bought recently. It's still not required for medical. But I think that they're trying to make it required for medical to have the um, have everything tested before it hits the, the market. Um, actually, you had a follow up about Oregon's extraction stuff, didn't you? Yeah. A, so, <laughs> um, yeah, they got a huge amount of feedback. Obviously, negative feedback around a number <laughs> of different, um, a, uh, a number of different. Um, extractors um legitimate extraction businesses that had been operating in some cases for quite a long time that had a number of employees and were essentially being totally shut down by the legislation we talked about on the last episode and so in response to that they have come out with a um i don't know if it's an amendment or how what exactly the details are but i can tell you that the um there will be a after the first um, of April. They're going to start accepting and processing uh, the applications for the licenses for extractors. And rather than basing the legislation around um, when you actually get your license, they are giving provisional licenses to everybody who applies. So as of the first at least production will be able to start again and all of those people will not be class B felons. <laughs> and um, so that will at least uh, set up a process for people to be able to, to continue to go through. And then hopefully, you know, they'll start getting their license, their actual licenses. And if you get turned down for your license, then it's revoked until you apply again um, after fixing whatever else you have. So at least there's a mechanic there that should work. Um, and there's something in place that makes it a little bit better. Um, so they're uh, allowing retail sale again? Or? Yeah, so dispensaries will be able to buy from anybody who has a provisional 
uh, permit. So um, after you apply, you get the provisional permit uh, until you get denied. And then if you're denied, then you lose your provisional permit and uh, dispensaries will, because every dispensary got like this notice in the mail that says, you know, basically you can't buy anything um, until people get registered. And so now they got a new flyer in the mail that says, you know, you'll be able to, you know, people will be have provisional permits after they get applied. And so, I mean, at least they responded and did something about it. it would have been nice if they would have listened in the first place to the number of people that told them that this was a bad idea. Um, but at least we know that if nothing else, it shows us that, you know, if we speak up, then they will have to listen at some point. And that's really what happened here was um, so many people talked to so many legislators that they were, they were overwhelmed. I know um, our governor's office uh, was essentially their phones were shut down because they were getting so many calls. People were getting uh, all circuits are busy when they were trying to call. <laughs> and uh, so that's a good thing. I think that it at least shows that, on some level the people can flex their power and still be heard for sure and that's one thing i want to bring up too is that for all you people that are in non-legalized states yet or people with just medical like we're getting all the crappy part of the paperwork through the handful of the states that are that are legal right now they're working out all the legislation the architecture for production you know getting this pesticide testing done um uh, I know Oregon, I think, was the first one to start doing pesticide testing on concentrates as well for retail sale, um, because if you're concentrating something that's in a plant and there's a lot of a pesticide on it, you're also concentrating the uh, the pesticide, so depending on how they're extracting it. So that's also a problem that apparently is, um, uh, as of this year, I know the Emerald Cup in California and um, what's the, the new, or uh, not, it's not new, but what's the big hash one? Um, I don't know. In Northern Cali as well, or in, out there, I can't think of the name of it at the moment. Um, but um, but yeah, so that's something else that you know, you might not have it legalized yet, or you might only have medical. But you know, there's not always you know, there people have been smoking pesticide laden concentrates for a couple of years now, and no one realized it, which is not good either. You know, so. Um, you know, working out some of these kinks in the laws so that you guys have model legislation to build your your own state's legalization laws on is is you know all a hard long process and it takes a while and you know don't expect that when your place gets legalized that it's just going to be a smooth road because it's not <laughs> you know it's going to have some bumps it's going to piss you off once in a while Oregon's case in point um, but you know oh, Washington, yeah. I mean, Washington is a shit show right now. But yeah, Washington's really bad too. It's terrible. Or Florida's medical. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of examples of you know ways in which legalization, even on the medical side, has been you know essentially halted, even though the people have uh, voted for it, know that they want it. I mean, Florida like drug their feet for years and years before it could even get off the ground. So you know. Um, the most important thing I think is is who your legislators are. Um, sure. However, however you vote um, to create your laws is one thing, but you have to remember that all of those laws are going to be shaped by legislators, and they will come up with ways, like they came up with ways to screw people here in Oregon, 
and ways that they came up to this group people in Florida to where if you don't have the proper legislators in place, then you're not going to get the result that you want, regardless of how you vote for the laws independently. So some people think that they can just, you know, vote for what they want to happen in terms of laws and, you know, still be able to support um, legalization in that way. Um, but if you just vote on one half of it, then uh, you're really just sort of giving away the power to, to somebody else. And in this case, in Oregon, we voted through the legislation that we wanted, but our legislators um, kind of screwed up uh, implementing it. And that, that can be on multiple levels. Every, every level matters, whether it's um, in our case right now, where what, deal, what I deal with the most is Jackson County. You know, our county legislators have been terrible. <clears throat> so our Jackson County board has misinterpreted what our state legislators originally put forth so, um, you know, they essentially banned outdoor growing in all of Jackson County if you're on residential zone land. So those are that's just one of the examples of of how, you know, each one of those levels matters. And, and I think that the most important level you know, we talked about this before, too, was, you know, the most important level starts right at the top. And uh, there's some presidential candidates out there right now that have some pretty scary stance on that. <clears throat> on legalization or or lack thereof <clears throat> you know like uh, christy wants to arrest all of us because we don't have any self-control yep. <clears throat> yeah no if trump wins and he puts christy as attorney general or even vp man they're coming after the weed industry hardcore like if you're in the weed industry right now or the cannabis industry you're out of a job if he gets elected they're going to come in guns blazing to shut out everything because they're absolutely clueless you know, they don't care about how many people it helps. They don't care about anything. They don't care about all the tax money, how much school money has gone to Colorado, how much money has gone to the Colorado's medical program for people that don't have money to go to the hospitals. That all gets paid for out of the, the, the cannabis fund. You know how much money we had out of the, the cannabis taxes? It qualified under the windfall tax because it is such a surplus that they were supposed to give money back to the taxpayers. The taxpayers voted to send it back to the schools, which was awesome. But right. We voted for both of those things because we know it was right. And that's what that money was generated for. You know, show me another way to generate millions of dollars for the schools like that. Show me it doesn't exist or the medical, you know, for, for paying medical bills and everything else, you know? It's a great way to subsidize it. Plus, all the money that's saved in the court system and everything else is that if somebody has a drug problem, they have a drug problem, that's a health issue, not a criminal issue. You know, the longer we keep fighting this, the, the more money we're pissing away for no reason, and we're ruining lives and everything else. Right, and what I, what I find almost personally irritating is that uh, income that's made that way, or taxes that are paid that way, are still, treated so much differently than like corporate profit. You know what I mean? It's like, why is it that you're fine with some rich guy getting richer um, and not paying any taxes because he jumps through loopholes or we give him tax breaks on purpose because he'll create jobs and then never creates jobs. Like, why is it that you're not just as willing to tax those people as you are to tax us are for the most part just growers. I mean, there's really not <clears throat> that sure. much to it. Like, why are you, why do you have? I'm fine if you want me to pay my taxes, and you know whatever, and that stuff goes to schools. I'm great with that. Like, I got no issue with that. But 
why you want your other way to do it. That's the other way to do it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's a huge amount of income that's not being taxed anywhere near the amount that we are. Well, not even that. The feds are happy to take my income tax for my salary that I'm making doing all working for a cannabis company, but right. I can't use a bank and get a federally backed $100,000 bank account for the company. You know, this is insane. They're more than happy to take the tax money, but they won't do that. It's just stupid. Like, right. and then they'll also turn around like how does Apple pay no taxes at all like yeah. how do these huge corporations that have record profits yeah. pay almost no taxes at all and everybody's fine with it but yet every Republican in the world one every Republican in the world wants to throw every tax possible on that we talked about this last time about how yeah. like, why why is there such a difference how like you all of a sudden you know, are in favor of regulation and taxes and bigger government as soon as it turns into a cannabis grow. But everything else in the world, you want them to leave alone and not touch and not tax, so it creates jobs. What about all the jobs that, that we create? Nobody cares about that. That industry is not just creating money and revenue. You have dispensaries open with employees. You have funded growers. You have grow hands. You have, you know, uh, people working in grow shops. Packaging, you have the fertilizer companies, the equipment companies, the lighting companies, the electricians, the people that um, sell all the uh, paper for the receipts. I mean, uh, people that do all the advertising, they do. Uh, not even that. There's another great thing. The cannabis industry, if you're in a medical state with liberal medical card laws or in a recreational state, you know what you have? You have a newspaper industry that's still surviving. You know why? Because every single page is a full-page cannabis bud ad saying, come this week and get your whatever special of whatever bud is they have a ton of. You know, straight up, Colorado, Every I live in a pretty small town in Colorado outside Boulder, okay? And we have this little town here, doesn't, I don't, we probably have less than 40 or 50,000 people, has its own newspaper with just a town's news you know show me another small town in america like that that still has a super not only that there's there's five different newspapers uh that are all just on the front range here you know uh within 50 miles you know there's all these little towns that all their own newspapers um and there's the Boulder weekly a whole bunch of other publications and all of them are supported by you know free or uh, all the cannabis industry, you know, there's so, and all the people that work at those magazines, all the people that do the advertising, the graphic design, you know, people don't realize it, it creates a whole web of an economy around itself in a way that a lot, very few other products do. And that doesn't even include the hemp. Anyone in a medical state, a lot of the medical states now do hemp production. So, and that's an even more useful product. Right. Yeah, we haven't even touched on him. We'll probably have to hit that in the next episode. Do you have uh, – I can't see on this side, or I don't know how to see anyway. Uh, do we have some live listeners this time? Can we can we go to some questions? Yeah. <laughs> any of the live people have any questions? There was three a minute ago. Looks like there's one at the moment. Let's see if there's any. <coughs> you can type in chat here. We see you. Who's there? So the other thing I wanted to touch on too, uh, while we're waiting for our, our guests to see if anybody has any questions, is um, um, 
the uh, so the Supreme Court tossed out the challenge to Amendment 64. Um, Wyoming, Kansas, and I think it was Utah or Wyoming and was it just Wyoming and Kansas. I forget what two states. It was two or three states sued Colorado um, for Amendment 64 for failure to uphold federal law um, and some other thing, and then sued them because it created undue burden on their law enforcement and something else. And the Supreme Court tossed the well. First off, it was ruled um, in the lower court as a, um, just they were going to throw it out, and then they well, appealed it to the Supreme Court. And yeah, and then they appealed it to the Supreme Court and um, the Supreme Court tossed it. So that's a huge victory in the cannabis legalization, assuming we don't get a President Trump or Chris Christie as Attorney General. But, um, you know, assuming we can get somebody, uh, ideally Bernie Sanders, who's the only person who's gone out and talked about cannabis legalization and talked about the horrors of the, you know, the ridiculous war they've been fighting. Well, he's he's also introduced legislation to make it federally legal. Like he's already drafted it and put it up. Obviously, it didn't go through, but um, you know, try. yeah. And so he's not only said the right stuff, but he's actually taking steps to to get it done. Yeah. So to us, kill the bird. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was a big uh, a big victory for us this week on uh, on that front. Yeah, I can't. I'm really glad that they got thrown out. And that, and I guess on that note too, do you feel like, you know, would it have gone the same way if Scalia was still there? Yeah, that's another one. Well, I don't know. Can one? I don't think one judge can decide to take it. I think it has to be a majority of the judges decide to take the case. I don't. I actually he affected other judges. I think that he, you know, obviously his. You know, anytime you have somebody that has that extreme of a point of view, they they tip the scales on the. You know, oh yeah, I mean yeah. that guy was that guy was horrendous as far as like some of his opinions he put out there were so just racist and bad <laughs> in many ways. There's no real other word for it. There really yeah, is. I just think it's an interesting question. You know. You know, would it have gone the same way if Scalia was still there? Because he, he had the, you know, obviously the extreme opinion in the other way, and you know, did that that influence anybody else? Because obviously there were other things that I wouldn't have thought that he would have been able to influence that I, I think he did, like Citizens United, and oh, um, which and is the happened. worst thing that ever happened in the U.S. with this, <laughs> <laughs> right? So anyway, I think that's interesting. But yeah, I think other than that, I think that you know, if you support the cannabis industry and le legislation, there's really only one one candidate, and that's Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, obviously there are a lot of different issues, but in terms of this particular issue on um, cannabis legalization, he's he's really the only one that has anything to say with any any sort of merit, in my opinion. Um, you know, sure, Hillary has said she wouldn't legalize weed, so fuck her. <laughs> Right. And and then on top of that, you know, she had, you know, she's always been in favor of big prison money and taking big prison money and <clears throat> voted for big prison money. So, you know, I think yeah. that, you know, follow the money, you figure it out. Yeah, and, uh, GIA group has been one of our biggest supporters. Right. And so as far as legalization goes, I mean, obviously she's, you know, got plenty of other qualifications and that that's not the only thing that matters for being president, but I do think that, 
it matters more than what a lot of these other candidates think it does. And so not only do I align with Bernie on <clears throat> a number of other issues, but for this one, in this particular instance, he really is sort of the only, only one. So what do, uh, what do you like for fish food? Um, I basically just, I go to my local co-op, um, and they have, uh, it's just like a koi pond feed that's relatively high and phosphorus and it's relatively cheap. I think it's like, uh, like 16 bucks for a 10 pound bag or something like that. And, uh, um, that's what I use. And then <clears throat> probably like a couple of times a week, um, I let my son pick through the worm bin and throw worms to the catfish. That's one of his favorite things to do. He has a lot of fun digging through, finding the big worms and tossing them in there. He'll, he'll just go and go and go for probably, like, I have to stop and be like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Don't want to get too much feed in there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so that that's great, too. But um, that's that's pretty much the only stuff that I, I feed. Do you have a preference on your... I uh, uh, right now I've just been feeding between a, um, a generic cichlid pellet that I got, just I found online. It's like I forget how much it was. It was like thirty bucks for a twenty pound bag. It was not too bad, and right. um, uh, like thirty three percent protein and um, decent phosphorus, and similar right. to what I had, but it was a little more for cichlids. Um, and then um, I like to give them lettuce a lot, and I give them pot leaves, and, you know leaf scraps they actually really love pepper leaves um that's one of their favorites so that's another one i really like to uh, to give them on the regular they seem to really really enjoy i don't know if they just like the spiciness or what but um it's just one they seem to like and then the other thing uh i'll give them as a treat sometimes if i remember at the grocery store i'll get them a thing of um minced or chopped um pineapple chunks and they really go nuts for that and it's also a good sugar input especially in flour you know, you're putting a little bit of sugar water in there, boosting those microbes, especially late in flour, and you're trying to just clear out the system, you know, get right. rid of residuals. It's a great way to help make everything available and give your fish a nice little treat and watch them just go ballistic. They just love them. Grapes is another one that, you know, I get grapes all the time, but sometimes I forget them in the back of the fridge, and if they start to get a little weird, I'll put them downstairs, and they'll strip a whole, a whole top of it in about 45 seconds. They'll just, it's like piranhas. It's nice. kind of nice. Nice. That's cool. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. I'm actually, my battery is about to die and I don't know where my charger is. So. Yeah, I actually have, uh, supposed to be uh, getting ready for Dude Grow Show here in a couple of minutes. I'll be over on the Dude Grow Show. I don't know if it'll be today or Monday or Wednesday or whenever they decide to plop it in there, but, uh, definitely look for me on there. And, um, um, yeah, so I'll be in Jamaica next week. We'll, uh, we'll figure out, how the internet situation is for the next episode. And then um, we'll make sure we try to post it a day or two beforehand this next time so that people know a little more than uh, the short notice we had this time. But uh, um, yeah, and definitely be sure to check out uh, my channel, which is Potent Ponics at, uh, on YouTube. And um, you can email me at potentponics at gmail.com if you have any questions. Um, and then definitely uh, I'll let Marty uh, talk about his channel too. Yeah, mine is <coughs> AP Meds. So you can look me up on, on there um, and uh, on YouTube <clears throat> and then uh, in the Facebook groups. Uh, my name is Marty Waddell. You can look me up on Facebook, message me on there. Um, 
the aquaponics groups. We have the aquaponic cannabis group on Facebook that, um, that Steve's put together. And, uh, so yeah, hit us up on any of those places and, um, we'll have, uh, we usually upload the podcast to both of our channels so you can check it out on either one. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and if you guys have any other questions or any topics or anything else you guys want us to cover um, regarding aquaponics, cannabis growing specifically, um, or you know even some of the other stuff that's generally cannabis industry related, since both Marty and I are involved in the cannabis industry to different degrees, um, definitely let us know, and um, you know we'll do our best to answer them. Or if not, we'll we'll get you the answer. <laughs> so, thanks for joining us, and. Uh, and we'll hope to see you guys again next time. Cheers, and be sure to hit subscribe on both Marty's channel and mine. See you guys.